and welcome. You are joining us for a new podcast. Uh, Looking, this podcast is for young women who want to join us for a casual conversation where we take a look into what's happening in the world around us with a hopeful perspective and consider if Jesus is relevant to it at all. Today, you are joined by me, Anna Beaver. And me, Laura Southam. And me, Alice Triggs. Excellent. Um, Before we get started, we have a little disclaimer which just says that this is an unscripted conversation and we are going to talk about all sorts of things on this podcast, even if we don't know a lot about them. Um, And we're in the process of deepening our thinking about lots of things and we don't always know the answers. Um, But before we get started, I wanted to introduce ourselves. So maybe Alex, you can tell us a little bit about you. Sure can. Well, my name is Alice. I live in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and um, I'm an oldest sibling. I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. Um, I love swimming. 20s and I studied psychology at uni. There you go. There's some fun facts about me. What about you, Laura? Well, my name's Laura. I'm in my mid-30s. I live in Sydney's inner west and used to live in Sydney's kind of um, outer southwest. So kind of the western vibes is my thing. Um, I work sort of in a chaplaincy role with a Christian student group at um, one of the major universities in Sydney. And things that I love are reading. I love flowers. I, um, I'm not really what you think of as like an outdoorsy type, but I like to be near natural features. That's like, I find that very soothing to be near the water or near the mountains. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day. One of the things I really love is natural light when there's great natural light somewhere anyway so i've realized that's been something i've been thinking about in our lockdown status where is there good natural light for me to be Mm. um yes all right your turn Anne. i love how you've captured yourselves both so well Uh, we all used to work together and i just love chatting to these girls about all sorts of things um i'm almost 30 and i've gone back to study which feels a bit crazy um but i don't love studying, but I'm doing it because just what you're going to do. Um, but I <laughs> love technology that makes life a little bit easier. Like I love things like Google Drive where you can um, just share things so easily with people and edit things together. Um, <laughs> strong fashion. Um, I also love celebrations like birthdays. And I'm married to James. I also love him and I'm pregnant. So there's a little few things about me um, and the three of us. So you are joined by the three of us today and it's so exciting that you're um, here to join us for some interesting conversations because today we're going to think a little bit about some of the best get to know you questions we've been asked. We're going to think about a um show that some of us have been watching called nine perfect strangers and um what that's about and some of the themes in that and then we're going to think a little bit about fomo especially at the moment in uh this like coming out of re-emerging out of lockdown time um so that is what we're going to be talking about today to start with and because we're getting to know each other a little bit and our listeners getting to know us what is some of the best get to know you questions you've been asked? 
Well, I have been thinking about this this past week because I have actually been part of a new team that's just starting and forming. And so we've been getting to know each other a bit. And I have imposed my preferred get to know you question on the whole team. Which at first at first everyone was like, that's a bit weird, but people got into it. So I think I'm claiming it as a win. My favourite get to know you question is what's your top five favourite things? And then everyone's just like what do you mean? Does it have to be objects? Can it be like um, people, you know, and everyone wants to qualify. But I'm like, it's just whatever you want it to be. And it's so interesting what people say, because sometimes it might be, you know, this trinket or something that's got really sentimental value or, you know, tells a story. And sometimes it's just like um, laughter. Laughter is one of my favorite things. And you're like, oh yeah, laughter is good. That's cool. Um, anyway, so it's so interesting hearing what people say and it made for some great get to know you conversations even just this past week that's awesome do you have are you going to share your top five favorite things well because i've been thinking about it and i also think well it has the um you're very free to change your mind whenever you want um i had flora plant life um things that are citrus from citrus flavored, I just think citrus mm. makes everything better. I really like citrus. Mm. I did have um, good lighting, natural light, art galleries, and playing card games with friends, except not the card game 500, because I feel like I've scarred friendships by being really bad at it in the past. So I don't want to play it ever again. <laughs> so that's, that's my top five. Oh, what's your favorite gift question? I have a few like um but i think my favorite is what is a small thing in your life that you a disproportionate amount of joy um, and i think that is cool because it might be like a smell or a turn in the seasons or um wearing a particular item of clothing at the moment for me in lockdown it's the process of making a cup of tea you know, you wait for the kettle to boil and you pick out which one you want and then you add the milk and it all, like, clouds off. I'm like, oh, so nice. So I think that's for me at the moment. What oh, about you? Your favourite tea? Um, no, couldn't possibly say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big tea lover as well, but since I've been pregnant, I haven't wanted to drink tea. you just surprised oh. everyone, but... My favourite get to me question is just like, empty day, unlimited budget, what do you do? And I just think it's so fun because I just think what people do with their time, like just shows, or would like to do, just shows so much about them or they're like really aspirational and they're not really about their normal free days at all. But you're like, oh, that's like a cool like dream or a wish. Um, and, you know, I could talk about my ultimate day for half an hour, but my, yeah, I reckon my ultimate day would definitely be on my birthday and I'd get all my friends <laughs> together and we'd do something at the beach in the morning, something picnic-y style, which actually suits lockdown quite well. And then we'd, I don't know, do some kind of like activity where we chat over something. So like something creative that like no one was good at maybe, just so everyone's starting at the same level. Um, because I also am an eldest child, Al, and have that little competitive streak where I don't like to be the worst at something, especially on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> then just like a big dinner and a dance floor at the end of the night. I just think that's just like, 
can pretty low key. Like I haven't spent a lot of the budget in that day, but I just think that's like my go-to kind of fun day. I wonder if Laura's thinking that's low key or Laura's like, no, no. no. Yeah, I was definitely like, that's not low key, but um, but it does sound fun to me. But Anna and I have had conversations before about our different standards of how to have fun. My idea is always like, that is boring. <laughs> And when Laura told me that she likes to just look at a wall and think, I was like, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) I've never done that in my life. All the the introverts listening get it. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, you've got thoughts to have, you know. So anyway. (laughs) Um, Okay. The first thing I want to talk about today is perfect Nine Perfect Strangers. Now, Al, you recommended this to me, but also since you did, like five other people recommended it to me before I started watching it. It's a TV show on Amazon Prime, and since I've been in lockdown, I've been watching a lot more TV than I normally do. Um, And, yeah, I just want to know some of your thoughts on it and what you think about this show. Yeah, I feel like you should start, Alice. You're the amazing this show. Interesting because I watched the episodes and I thought I really loved it. I thought um, that the production was good and it was kind of fun, a bit of mystery, like intrigue in the characters. Mm. And but then as it went on for more episodes, I think I became a bit less satisfied with it, or what I thought would kind of maybe connect with deeper themes kind of didn't resolve them in the way that I thought it would, or I don't know. So I got to the end of it and I I did like it, and I think I probably would still recommend it, but um, yeah, I don't know that I would be as wholehearted as I was at the beginning, Um, which I don't know if that's a normal experience of TV watching sometimes kind of get your expectations up as a lot of hype and then it kind of settles as it goes through. Um, I don't know. That's if you interesting guys... though. What, do you, what sort of changed your mind about it or what was it that got introduced that you weren't so um, kind of yeah. hooked by? That's an interesting question. I wonder whether partly it was that things like started going out of control and you felt like um, also there was like a bit of a kind of drug element to it and people kind of using that as a solution for a lot of problems. Um, And I just wondered whether it didn't quite hit at some of the like deeper things that were going on for me. I felt like it was a bit like this magical thing, um, but it kind of stopped kind of the work of happening in some of the episodes maybe. um yeah and just that feeling of chaos and like tension just straight <laughs> yeah it definitely felt like that for people who haven't watched it laura have you watched it i've watched it although i think i may be an episode or two behind at the moment yeah i watched it all in a day which i've also oh, never done <laughs> yes. I've been on holidays this week, so I was like, why not? Okay. Yeah, episode. Um, but I think that was a bit of an intense way to watch it because I didn't have those same emotional roller coasters of like, oh, this is interesting. Like, oh, this is not going where I expected. But it's based on a book by Leanne Moriarty, who I've read some of her other books that I love, but haven't read this book. So I didn't know where it was going. So that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nine people and they go to this wellness retreat in, it's actually filmed in Byron Bay, which just made me so want to go on a holiday to Byron <laughs> in the first episode. And it's called Tranquillum and it's run by Marsha, who is played by Nicole Kidman. And she has this funny Russian accent. 
And I think you're right, Al, the kind of like idea of a wellness retreat then turns into this like how can drugs solve the problem or how can drugs make us well, which was an interesting kind of twist on the show but definitely showed the dark side, I think, to that. It wasn't like a purely promotional microdosing is the way to go. But it did make me think and curious about your thoughts on like why you think people go to wellness retreats in the first place. Like what what about that is an appealing thing? Well, I mean, the cast of characters, they're quite um, on quite a range of different experiences. Like what is the the issue that they're wrestling with in life at the moment or what's the kind of experience that's weighing them down that's sort of intentionally set up I think to be quite varied but I think I felt a lot of sort of sympathy towards that sense of like oh you know when things are so hard you're looking for something that helps you be free from that or kind of reinvent yourself with a greater resilience a greater strength a greater sense of self-knowledge in the face of something that's hard about life um And because people, you know, in the story, they obviously don't go there in order to take drugs. Um, And there's, like, conflict around that when that revelation comes to light. Um, But just that sense of, like, I'm just looking for something, you know, that might help. And if there's a sign that this could be the thing that do, I'm willing to, like, go for that. So I think that's actually – and maybe maybe the pandemic's height heightened that or something Mm. but that feels quite relatable I think looking for something Mm. that gives you a a stronger sense of self and confidence and like your ability to make it through whatever you're going through Mm. yeah and I also thought that was interesting the kind of like last resort thread um that people in the show were going to this place because they tried other things or they felt like they didn't really know what else to do and perhaps that is interesting as well um kind of exposing that um, the kind of modern technologies or um, other kind of medicines or whatever people are doing haven't have let them down or haven't quite hit what they wanted to get out of it's kind of way being in nature as a way to act a different way um, to be in a really dark place to want that I think but yeah 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 that's true well one of the things that has felt sort of unpersuasive or hasn't sat well with me was in the story is because when all of the guests at this retreat do find out that the host woman Marsha Nicole Kidman with a horrific in my opinion Russian accent Anyway, um, is that they find out she's been doing this stuff to them that, and she like secretly got them to agree to do it by signing fine print forms and blah blah. With no consent, that maybe. I I was just like, that is morally outrageous, and so I just couldn't. It just it created a wall for me. I was like, I just couldn't even contemplate how someone would be like, but maybe it's also still a good idea at the same time. I was just like, what she's done is so hor- horrific and she should be held accountable. And that was like <laughs> my like, main strong feeling about it. And I was like, I can't believe people are just going with it. So I was like, is this meant to be a sign of when we're kind of at a more desperate point, we're vulnerable and therefore like, because, you know, it's sort of set up so far 
that she's got that kind of hidden agenda and things like that. But and I mean, that is interesting as well, Laura, because the different staff think actually you've taken it too far this time. Yeah. So I feel like it raises questions about do you actually trust her with that? And um, yeah, I think that kind of undermines the, the, the it's deceptive, but also it's she's not even trusted by people that know what's going on. I think the right. staff left an interesting element to the show. Like these people that worked there, all really diverse kind of character characters. But it also made like, and I think Laura, you've hit something on the head about that like desperation. But like when you are desperate, you like who you're inclined to listen to, or like. And I do that in heaps of ways in life. I've just like put my life in the hands of other people that I don't necessarily know a lot about or their story or what motivates them or why they're doing the things they're doing. That, yeah, I think at normal movies, I feel like normally focus on the people going to the retreats, but it had a nice two-sided of the people at the retreats and the people who worked there that did bring in this element of like, who do you trust? Who do you listen to? Especially in that like wellness space. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I think for me, it sort of provokes, um, provokes a bit of reflection about what makes me feel optimistic about change and growth. Um, Cause I think there is part of me, I mean, I could have said in my bio a little spiel at the start, but I'm a fairly like cynical and pessimistic person. And so, I think I'm slow to get on new fads. I can write them off pretty quickly. Um, but then, you know, I'm a Christian and for, for some other people, they'd be like skeptical about that as well mm. as, you know, how trustworthy is that? But for me, that feels more steady and sure and kind of the trustworthiness of God, even in the face of super messy, super hard things that that feels more comfortable and comforting and assuring to me mm. but i can relate to the feeling of grasping after something you know um and i think i do think the pandemic has made that a more shared human experience we respect that in each other a bit more maybe yeah mm. i think also that is interesting laura like what you're grasping after because i think perhaps um this resort in this show offered a kind of like utopia like we're going to heal you we're going to get you to this place that you want um and i think it got me thinking a little bit about like what is the place that i want to go and how i get there. and that links into who do you trust to get you there um and i guess as you were saying if you're desperate you kind of can maybe be a bit more swayed to trust a kind of broader range of people but i think um yeah, my faith is something that anchors me thinking ultimately. Um, I just have a bit, just I'm not sure that humans can get people where they ultimately want to go. Like there's kind of deeper cravings and problems in our hearts that are the goal, but that Jesus kind of offers um, more of an ultimate kind of utopian kind of picture of where we're going. So I think that was comforting for me as I thought through those things. Hmm, that's so interesting that you say that. I think there's, it's interesting the solutions that it kind of offers. Like the one part, which I think in like one of the early episodes, it's like they move away from, 
it's not just about drinking smoothies and kind of being in nature, which I'm like, yeah, tick. I'm in for those things <laughs> apart from the microdosing maybe idea. <laughs> they had like this scene where they got into their, like they had to dig their own graves and then lay in it. And they, the workers like sprinkled dust on the, like not dust, dirt, soil. And um, asked, like it got them to think about confronting their own death and uh, that really made me wonder and I'm curious to hear what you guys think if you think that is like a good thing for us to do as we kind of want to be this like transformed like there is that desire to be someone new or better or be healed from pain do you think like being confronted by your own death is helpful in that way or not um, big question i i i mean i think i i do think that it's it's helpful and it's important however it's very hard to do without any sense of hope like death's such a heavy um mm. difficult thing to come to terms with and i think you know we think of it sometimes as natural because it's almost the most universal human experience basically that that life will end um but i to me it's that's a different category to natural i still think it's painful it's awful it's a tragedy um but it also gives us some perspective perhaps which is helpful um in kind of engaging with our circumstances and our world and um for me thinking about life after death is essential to kind of thinking you know, pairing that with thinking about the reality of um, mortality. But mm -hmm. that's not everyone's story. And I think it is a hard thing to think about um, death. And yeah, mm -hmm. I can really appreciate that that's not always an appealing way to kind of yeah. feel strong or resilient. Yeah. And even there was the characters who had experienced suicide in their family were kind of like, you can't make us do this. You know our story. Yeah. Like, there's some obstacles that almost like really block people from that being a safe kind of place to think about. It's probably not a safe place for anyone to think about, but there's something interesting about it. I mean, that feels honest to me, you know, to have kind of painful experiences of death and to say, actually, this is really painful and that's hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like that's relatable if you've lost loved ones or mm. struggled with thinking about death. Mm. What about, what do you, do you think about that, Al? Yeah, I think I agree with Laura. I don't know that I'd add that much to that. Did you have something else in mind, Anna? Yeah, I think in the last few episodes, which I don't know if you've got that yet. Sorry, I don't want to give... So have you finished the whole series? Is the whole series out? Oh, yeah. I'll catch up. Maybe I'll do that now that I'm on. I've got leave coming up in the next few days. Maybe that'll yeah. be a leave activity. <laughs> I think just that real, I think it's a confronting thing to think about and I think can bring some perspective. But I think that kind of in the last few episodes, they talked about this real desire to reconnect with people who had died um, and people who they'd lost who were really significant or special to them. And I think I that, really, that really resonated with me. I thought that was something that felt significant that not only confronting my death can give me perspective but that I also have a real desire to reconnect with people who 
I miss who have died and the reality of death that people are kind of fear. And, you know, their solution is drugs can kind of get you there. Um, but also an acknowledgement of like, but that's not real. Like, even though you might be able to experience something that you can kind of feel like is real, like there's almost a, a bigger desire to actually feel and touch and be with people physically after you die, which I just think is a really interesting concept in a secular um, TV show. So that was what my kind of thoughts about with this like real theme of hope and like renewal. Well, something else that struck me about the show, and obviously, again, I haven't finished it yet, but um, was the threads about how the guests sort of help and support each other. And um, that's like a really powerful thing in some particular stories, which I think is really beautiful. And um, perhaps it would have felt cheesy or something to lean into that too much or, you know, without um, <laughs> kind of barely... Um, assented to drugging but um <laughs> just we're all in this together <laughs> yeah that's right but i think oh that actually feels like an undercurrent of what's really powerful and helpful for people mm -hmm. that people actually sort of start to have each other's back a bit more and want to um encourage each other in their own kind of being able to deal with things or things like that and i think that is another thing in terms of just like gleaning from the show sort of positive images of of kind of growth or healing or restoration actually not just doing that on your own but doing that with other people even though everyone there is obviously carrying their own stuff and kind of got their own baggage but yeah. they actually matter to each other and i thought that was kind of also like a relatable and real thing in the story yeah and a beautiful team as a christian as well because you can see like the power of doing hard things together with people and yeah like being family and community that's bound by something that's not like just things you have in common but something that kind of goes beyond that hmm. that being said i would just never go somewhere like that and watching shows like this <laughs> make me be like you can never missing you just feed into my <laughs> i would totally do like a yoga retreat where you like eat vegan food and sleep in a hammock that's like my idea of a great holiday you're all about the vibes yeah <laughs> One friend once told me about this silence retreat where you go for a week and you can't talk and that kind of freaked me out too, kind of not a drug intervention but like it's a lot of time to be alone with your own thoughts and who you really are and I think that You just need to really find hard. a wall and look at it. And <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy all week. That's interesting in terms of our next topic because something I wanted to hear your thoughts on is now we're starting to come out like in New South Wales we've been in lockdown and the last like a week-ish we've been able to picnic with people and so I feel like my social calendar such my calendar full stop has gone from like quite empty to like quite full of picnic kind of socializing things how have you kind of dealt with this shift? How do you kind of think about what you pack into your calendar and what you don't? Would love your wisdom and your thoughts. I don't know that I have any wisdom. I feel so tired thinking about it, to be honest. And um, I remember last lockdown, as we kind of emerged out, 
um, just feeling like suddenly I'd gone from nothing to 100 and there were all these lessons that you learn about spending time in like quiet or reflection or whatever that just kind of go out the window in the face of like I don't want to miss out or there are things happening or people that I feel like I should see or that kind of thing. So I actually feel it's hard because I feel in some ways a bit resistant to like stock, stocking up, piling commitments in my diary and on the other hand feel like I really miss seeing people and really there are heaps of people that I do want to see but how do you get like on top of that backlog that's a, a fear maybe a lot of people feel I certainly feel at the moment so I want your wisdom too so I guess that falls on you Laura <laughs> well I've just been enjoying looking at the wall having my thoughts so um... <laughs> I do not want that to be a theme of this podcast episode. But um, I think a, a, a phrase you used just then, Alice, is really interesting. I feel like it's put into words one of the things I've been thinking about, that sense of, like, you have to catch up on the, like, backlog of missed social experiences. And I just wonder if it would just feel different if there was just kind of, like, a society-wide agreement, you just can't catch up and that's just fine. And so we just, like, don't even try. No! No! No, no, not as in you never catch up with anyone ever again, but as in you don't try and make up for, you know, three or four months or whatever it is. And you just say, you know, I will see you when I see you, like in normal life. And so at least not to feel pressure to be like, I've got to catch up with every single person I've missed this time. Because I think that we all acknowledge that everyone's probably had some difficult things they've experienced through the lockdown and maybe there's been some things that they've enjoyed and that's a different shape for each person based on their living circumstances and their work life and their relationships or whatever. Um, but I think for me, I've been trying to think about that. I actually did, um, when lockdown was kind of getting going, I tried to, to pick some ways to stay connected to like some people so that even though I wasn't seeing them, I still felt like I was a bit in touch with them. And I feel definitely mm. with those people less pressure to be like, I've got to see them really quickly because I feel like we've still shared life a little bit. Um, but I do think it's a real thing where people are like, oh, we can picnic now. And as my friends have gradually gotten um, – to the double vaccinated stage so they can picnic. There's more sort of like chat about like, oh, all this. So I think I feel the weight of that a little bit, yeah. factor that made me think about is I think just how closely linked my calendar and my identity are together and that I think it feels like a failure sometimes if I don't have a full schedule. Um, I feel like that as something about me. I don't know. I think those things are highly woven together. So maybe traditional time isn't even so much about feeling connected or disconnected from me, but feeling like if I'm not busy and what am I doing with myself? Mm. I feel like especially on a Saturday night, but the other nights I'm very happy to just do whatever. But on a Saturday night, like, I do feel this random pressure, which who knows where that comes from to be busy on a Saturday night. Like there's something about, that's probably just like maybe advertising <laughs> our social kind of world, which tells us like you should be, you're a valuable person or if you're busy on a Saturday night more than like all the other nights, I think. Well, I think Saturday night feels like it's the prime um, space between the end of one working week and the start of another working week like that is like such a prime capacity to be social with other people I honestly feel like as you get older being the 
person in this conversation. I'm like, you just get a bit over it. You'd be like, oh, that's all right. You know, it's life's long. You'll see people at some point. I can have a quiet Saturday night. Fine. <laughs> yeah. As a Christian, how do you deal with this kind of idea of missing out on things, having to catch up with people? Like what are some of the factors as a Christian you're even thinking through as you are seeing people? Totally. Well, I have been thinking a bit about that this past week because this coming week ahead I have annual leave and so um which is really lovely and really appreciating that because work at the moment for me looks like really sort of maybe six seven eight hours of zoom each day during the week which it's a special gift to be able to connect with people but still kind of just draining it um you know sad not to be in person anyway as I'm thinking about what I'll do with my time and I told a few different people that I was on leave and people said, hey, let's catch up. And I'm like, oh, I sort of want to protect that time for kind of rest and quietness. And um, But I think that part of the way I've been processing on that is thinking about time is one thing that I have and that I'm given by God for the sake of um, serving him but also serving other people. And so I've been trying to think a bit about oh, who actually do I, I know would would really be blessed by someone who could like sit and have a conversation with them in person. And I've got friends who have lived by themselves through this entire pandemic. And I just think, Mm. oh, I have heaps more privilege than that in terms of just support and resources. And so I do want to share that with other people. So that's something in my mind, not to be like, oh, I'm the solution that that person needs, but that I might actually have something to share that would express that I do actually care about them and I do love them and, want to be a kind of help and encouragement and blessing to them so mm. that's one thing I've been thinking about trying to care for other people where they're at mm. yeah, and I feel like maybe in a way Laura that seems like a bit of an antidote to feeling so hung up on your value coming out of like who wants to hang out with you or like how full you can fill your calendar changing that to more of how can I um I don't know, help other people to feel cared for and that kind of flip of um, of perspective maybe can be a little bit of an antidote in some ways. Mm. But also at the same time, I think I've been thinking through this year how to embrace like um, a bit of unbusyness or kind of rest or that those kinds of ideas. Like what is good rest? What's good rest for me? And um, yeah, how can I kind of seek to embrace that? Um, and just recognizing the things like social media in my life that just really dictate a really hurried pace or this kind of background noise of feeling like there's always something on um, and trying to be a bit more disciplined about how I um, relate to those kinds of things so that I do um, have like some spiritual rest as well and things that actually help me to feel um, yeah, free to then give of myself to others. Yeah. But then sometimes that that time that is restful is with other people. So yeah, it's it's hard to kind of work that out sometimes. One of my favourite things about being a Christian is that you just have a friend with you all the time. I'm not good at spending time by myself, but I do like just like and I one of my best friends lived with me for the last six months, and she sometimes I'd be like talking and assuming she was listening and she'd come out and be like are you talking to me or are you just talking to yourself and I feel like there's something really beautiful about and I was talking to her but I'm like talking to myself is not a problem but I do think there's something beautiful about being a Christian and just having 
like to get to be with a friend, even when friends aren't always available, like, or they don't fit into my schedule or my kind of social needs don't line up with whatever, like the weather. <laughs> it seems like quite relevant at the moment. And so I really appreciate that about being Christian. But yeah, I think there's lots of things that you guys have said that I'm, yeah, I'm here to take on board as well as this season kind of continues. Um, that is all we have time for today. I really enjoyed chatting about these things with you guys. And if you enjoyed listening, that's fantastic. Um, you can join us next week where we do it online. And we really appreciate you joining us for a look in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Bye. Bye.